0: Hello, I'm Julian
1: and I'm coach Tom
0: coach Tom. It sounds good. <laughs> it's good to be back, Tom. We are here. It is. We are team binge. You threw me off my game. We are team binge. <laughs> we are here to talk about the TV show, Ted Lasso. This is season three, episode one. This is how it all started. This is how team binge when they, when they write in the <laughs> annals of, ooh, I hope I'm saying that right, of our Wikipedia page they (laughs) will talk about this show and this is how it all started thank you those of us for those of you that are joining us that's how you say that for uh, this season tom and i have done season one and two of lasso we're excited to get to three because uh we most recently did a show tom I'll, i'll let you talk about it what did we just most recently do and now we're back to lasso
1: Yeah, we did The Last of Us, that HBO zombie infected awesome drama show, which was very fun to watch. I played the video games. It was cool, but it was heavy and it was dark. So to get back to the fun loving lasso where we kind of started our podcasting, it's I'm super excited to be back and just love the episode. Loved it, loved it, loved it.
0: Yep. No, I had a good time with this. Those, those of you that waited us out until we went back to Lasso, welcome back. It's good to have you. <laughs> this episode was called Smells Like Mean Spirit. Uh, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, Tom and I are just going to go through the episode, do some deep dive, talk about what we liked and what we thought worked and what didn't work. And overall, our philosophy through all of our podcasts is to be more like Lasso. Uh, Mm -hmm. The reason we started doing this is because this show hit me in a way that most shows don't because I'm a cynic. Uh, And so I really enjoyed a positive show with a character that, like, while they could make him a buffoon, is self-aware enough to just, like, choose to be positive. Which in this episode, they did. And I really enjoyed that. And then the other piece to this is the soccer piece. I have been a soccer fan for 50 years I know everything there is to know about soccer, and I've had to, football, as most of us call it, and I've had to teach Tom everything he knows about the premier leg and all of the other stuff. No, Tom's our soccer expert, so that's why the two of us combined our forces. So excited to talk about this, Tom, and I'm excited for you to bring the soccer knowledge for those of us that like football.
1: Oh, yeah. I've been reading up on all my my soccer journals, watching my Sky Sports. I'm ready to go, brother.
0: Well, what's interesting is, like, Premier League, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's licensing. But I feel like I see a ton more commercials. I mean, they're pushing soccer. So I think you were on the front wave of something that (laughs) might be popular. I don't know. I know the rest of the world doesn't care for it, but it's getting big uh, out there.
1: It is, yeah. The MLS is getting a lot of guys that used to play in the Premier League that are kind of later in their careers, so they come back to play in the U.S. because they probably just want to move their families or live here for a while. So the league has definitely gotten a lot more popular over the last handful of years, and I don't know, maybe we got Lasso to thank for some of it.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Roy Kent does have a joke at some point about, like, When he's deciding to retire, he's like, I'm not going to play in America, which (laughs) I think is what you're talking about. Anyways, (laughs) let's dive into this episode. Tom, you kind of laid your cards down and said you enjoyed it. I'm going to hop in here and just say, coming out of season two of Lasso, like I love season one. Season two, I was probably lukewarm on. Season Mm -hmm. three, my wife will tell you, I I came in kind of cynical. Like I was like, I don't know what they're going to do, but this episode was like coming back and hanging out with old friends right the, the jokes hit they mm-hmm. didn't try to do anything that was like weirdly like over dramatic it was pretty mm-hmm. light the nate stuff uh, you know we'll talk to as we get into that but i i enjoyed this i enjoyed this it was great to be embraced by old theodore lasso again <laughs>
1: yeah i agree i think there's a couple storylines that we'll get to whether it's nate or maybe the Keeley and roy stuff that i feel is maybe a little bit forced i'm trying to add some extra little drama here but it was just fun it felt like lasso it was just fun to be back
0: sure like you said light funny uh, and enjoyed it so let's go through the episode we start and they do some chicanery up front here mm-hmm. we start in an airport Lasso's not looking great. Like he looks a little bit haggard.
1: He's looked disheveled. Okay, he's looked disheveled. That's fair. Yes. His hair wasn't messed up though, but he did. He had like some extra stubble. It was disheveled.
0: There's something going on here and I don't know if it I think it's purposeful, but I also think that maybe some of Jason Sudeikis's real life is coming into play, <laughs> play with what's happening in his character in this. Mm-hmm. But we start in the airport. They threw me off at the very beginning with the Michelle, I love you, his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we find out he's got Henry's phone. So that message wasn't meant for him. And he's sending Henry home. And I guess that can kind of explain his general demeanor is he loves his son. And after six weeks, he's got to send him back to the States.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause it makes it seem like Lasso is heading home. So like during the offseason, he's going back to Kansas City and he's gonna, I don't know, try to rekindle lost love here. But nope, it's all his son.
0: Oh, yeah, I was like, oh, great, they got back together. Even though I've never been a fan of Michelle, I'm on record. Um, I don't really understand how you can't love Ted, but it is what it is. It sounds like the guy from State Farm is now hanging out with Michelle. I believe his name is Jake. That that reference will stand the test of time, Tom, I have no doubt. When someone listens to this 20 years from now, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, Jake from State Farm, the guy that eventually became president. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways,
1: <laughs> there is a quick line though from the uh, stewardess or not stewardess, like flight attendant, whoever this like, gate check lady is that's dressed up for the airlines, where she says like, "Oh yeah, I was playing the final level of Breath of the Wild." And I just have to call that out because there's no levels in breath of the wild i was excited to hear a breath of the wild zelda joke oh, no. but it was poorly it was poorly written
0: this is the level of this is the le- level <laughs> of nitpicking we're gonna pick on the level of the breath of the wild <laughs> all right
1: all right fact
0: <laughs> i can't wait until we have to pot about the dark breath of the wild show that hbo comes <laughs> out with where the everyone everyone dies <laughs> um He makes him, Henry very kindly makes him a Premier League trophy, which let's refresh here. For those of us that didn't watch the last two seasons, so they just got promoted from the lower league into Mm -hmm. the Premier League. So now they're like the last team because two teams move up, right? So they're one of the two teams that would have moved up into the Premier League, which is the top European soccer league.
1: Just in England, not all Europe.
0: Just in England, sure. The UK, mm-hmm. Britain, whatever you want to call them. Um, the ones that all Brexited. Yeah, all four of them. <laughs> I think I got them. <laughs> Anyways, so Henry's leaving, but he does... He's rooting for his dad here. He wants him to win the Premier League trophy, which Jan Moss obviously didn't give Henry any background <laughs> on how unlikely that is. But I think... Wow, are you with me in this? And, and I think we're allowed to make these comments. The show... Always slated for three seasons. We're in the third season. It was relegated at the end of one, promoted at the end of two, and then Tom, let's put it out there: Are we thinking they're going to win it all? Is that the is that the lasso storyline?
1: I don't think it is. I I still think the show is going to end at three seasons because I think that's what they had their arc. Obviously, popular enough, then um, Apple probably wants them to do more. But I would think it's going to tie up pretty cleanly at the end of the season. And I would bet that they get far and maybe a finals with Nate the Great and West Ham, but they don't win. But, you know, from Ted's perspective, maybe he wins back Nate or, you know, Rupert and probably not Rupert, Rupert's unredeemable. But I, I feel like that's more like in the heart of the show. It's not about winning the trophy. It's about kind of winning people's minds and hearts.
0: Sure. Just like we did as a nation. <laughs> Anyways. No, no, let me not I'm not gonna go down that road. Who <laughs> We'll we'll stick to one battlefront, which is Lasso. No, I'm with you. He has always said winning isn't everything. You know, it's about the effect he has on these people's lives. So I'm with you. I, mm-hmm. I think they almost set this up, and I will honestly kind of be disappointed if they make this season about that. But yeah, Ted Lasso has never disappointed me before. So <laughs> this lady that beat all the final bosses of The Breath of the Wild steals <laughs> this child, and I guess sends him down to an airplane. What was going yeah, on? Yeah, where here? are they going?
1: They're not at a gate. She just takes his hand and just starts walking him through. So, I don't know, maybe it's some special VIP Premier League coach thing that you get a personalized attendant taking your kid all the way to the gate.
0: Well, I mean, kids are typically escorted by someone, but this is, I mean, this is Europe. You know, there's no rules. They're just (laughs) sending that kid anywhere, right? (laughs) Ted, being sad, calls Dr. Sharon. It's nice to see Dr. Sharon is around and that Ted is Mm -hmm. still, I guess, doing therapy remotely over the phone uh sharon seems to be living her best life which is great Mm -hmm. Um, and this conversation where ted is kind of going through his feelings of henry leaving uh, i like this it's intercut with him doing uh, taking down all the activities we see that he's done with henry while he visited so the blanket fort the legos and what was very fun and tom knows this is i spent the day at legoland Um, I don't have a family, I just wandered Legoland, um, and so watching this uh, the second time on my phone while waiting in line in Legoland and watching all of the Legos, I was like, oh, this is appropriate, somehow this is meta, maybe? I don't know what meta means, but people use the term, so I enjoyed it.
1: It was fun, I I mean, I'm a huge fan of Lego, I've got a handful in my uh, desk downstairs. Um, Also
0: doesn't have a family, so put them on a list, put them on a list, people, put both of us on whatever list that is.
1: Listen, Lego's a, it's a state of mind, but there's, (laughs) (laughs) I like how he, they probably wrote on these little Lego characters. Like they kind of made all the different, like little Rebecca and Keely. And, and, um, I think what we eventually see Nate, who's kind of like in the stands, but by himself that we didn't know what Lego that
0: was. They, they had to show, (laughs) they had to tell me what that was, who that was later. I enjoyed it. I'm assuming you own the lasso set at this point, or at least it's traveling to you from Europe.
1: No, man. If there was a lasso set, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. There is a, I think it's New Camp Stadium or something like either Barcelona or Manchester United. There's a massive like $500 Lego set you can get of one of the soccer stadiums. It's pretty dope.
0: Nice. So if they make
1: a Chelsea one, maybe I'll get it.
0: Lego's out of control. They're like, listen, people will want to build anything. They're like, oh, your grandma's <laughs> attic? Yeah, we've got a set for that. And you're like, I don't want to build my grandma's attic. A lot of bad things <laughs> happen there. Those Klondike bars that I had to wander down with the one light bulb, and it was all musty and dark, and there was that angry cat. Klondike bars. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Not go into murder murder attic or murder basement, whatever I was talking about. Anyways, whew, digression. Okay, we're back. The, the thing I think that is important out of this conversation with Sharon, and, and we get to the crux of it in this episode, is Ted coming to the – like he can't see his son, who he loves dearly. His mm-hmm. marriage – although I think it was dissolving beforehand, is now done. The question is, like, why is he sticking around? And he right. he talks to Sharon about that. Her response is, listen, you don't quit things easily. That's something he's talked about before. But this is also brought up at the end of the episode. So I wonder if this is the main theme of, like, to mm-hmm. Ted, why is he sticking around? Because as we see through this episode, a lot of the players have shown, like, a ton of growth from who they were. And so he's obviously made that effect. So if his goal was to like make these guys into a better team, better teammates, better people, he's done that or at least he's put them on the right track to do that. So now it's kind of like I'm losing time with my son, which once again, Tom and I don't have kids, so we have no way of relating (laughs) what it's like to be away from our children that's not true we both have kids and it's great to be around them but did you say i mean that's the theme right there at least that's the big question they're trying to i guess answer or have us contemplate as we work through this
1: yeah i think you're right i think even later when he finally talks to henry as he lands he kind of again reiterates to henry like hey you know why i'm out here and he's just trying to you know pump up his father yeah you're gonna win the trophy and he's trying to kind of justify it by saying he's got stuff to do here and i mean i don't know it's there's there's stuff he needs to do here but you could make another argument that there's plenty he needs to do and he's missing out on a lot of prime time with his kid sure so i i think they are gonna probably tug on that pretty hard but there are like you mentioned there are a couple beats in this episode where ted's gonna go and like step in and like help out the team when they got back or, or they still what they started reading the news right and the news said right. oh we are all picked last and ted's gonna go and intervene and no um we get jamie coming in and intervening and kind of settling the team so i i 100 agree with you i think that's where they're going with this
0: sure we're back in the office back in rebecca's office we've got Reck- rebecca and higgins once again just fun to be back with the old team <laughs> especially now yeah. that everyone's on the same page and getting along not that they weren't in season two but like, they've all grown as, as friends. Rebecca's upset because everyone has them a dead last. Ted's takes issue with this. He, she's like, everyone's predicting uh, that uh, we will be last. And he's like, well, I predict all their predictions are wrong, and we're in a prediction Mexican standoff.
1: Unless you're a Mexican, then it's just a standoff. <laughs>
0: uh, it was great. It was great.
1: You see this, this
0: is the other theme that's developing, is like Rebecca very much while maybe she's gotten past some of the Rupert stuff, still just hates the idea of her, mm-hmm. his team winning. So we've got a little bit of a proxy war between Rebecca and Rupert with these soccer teams, which is interesting. And Ted, <laughs> Ted's like, you, you kept saying him, it's they. Like he keeps correcting <laughs> yeah. her as she's talking about the team. And he does mm-hmm. do the same beat of the joke where she's like i talked to the owner of the sun and he's like you talked to god and she goes (laughs) she goes rupert's team is predicted to be first whatever and he's like rupert's playing like that (laughs) those those two jokes very much were like in beat with each other in in terms of a callback at least i felt Mm -hmm. like the delivery and everything was very similar she i think suggests and higgins goes after it of like let's get more players and ted's like listen you know we've got who we have and they're working out let's keep it the way it is Mm -hmm. and she's like well the ted i talked to last season said we were gonna win everything and he's like i did and i do appreciate (laughs) this they're like they're reminding us how that uh ended in season mm-hmm. two with him hey let's go win it all so it was good I appreciated yeah, them re- reminding me of what Ted said before mm-hmm. he shot Pellegrino. I don't know sparkling <laughs> water everywhere
1: <laughs> and this is where yeah I think she leaves the office right she's gonna go to see Keeley at her new PR firm and then I like how she exits and uh Ted's like yeah tell her howdy for me and then looks over to Higgins for a line and Higgins is like yo <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Higgins is like, yeah, I I know. And he's like, no, 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 it was great. I just wanted to make sure I heard you right. And it's perfect. We're in the locker room with the team. It's good to see everyone. Everyone looks remotely similar. There are some, maybe Jamie has made some choices here. But Jamie's always been, to his uh, credit and to his own, I don't know, promotion, always been very good at this um what is it style fashion stuff as he puts it he's always been very good at the fashion stuff he's an icon (laughs) that's what his hat said in that first season i do
1: feel like his accent has gotten thicker is that just me mm,
0: i think they make him say some things here that that add to it but Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i mean i wouldn't (laughs) i wouldn't argue with you i i think he just says some things where you're like all right and it's once again it's so great that that actor I would say he played a huge, like he was big into all the storylines in season one. Season two Mm kind of took a backseat and like it's nice to see him literally become like a team player. He just gets to throw out a line every once in a while instead of being like the main foil to Ted. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's and it's nice to see he's a team player but he also says something like listen you guys we're all a team now and that team is me or something like that he, <laughs> yeah. he there's still a little bit of arrogant jamie hiding back there of course talk to me about jan Moss's statistics tom is this stuff true
1: yeah, he talks about the idea that, you know, the teams that get promoted from the lower league into the next league are more likely to get demoted. And I think it's absolutely true because the it's like going from A baseball to the major leagues. I mean, it's such a huge jump that very, very rarely do teams perform well once they make that jump to the league, Premier League. With the exception of Leicester City, which was a Cinderella story. It had to have been maybe five years ago, four years ago where they won the Championship League, got promoted to the Premier League, and that very next season ended up winning the Premier League too. Oh, it really? Was beautiful. Yeah, it was poetic, and it was so fun to watch like um, them go through the season. And ultimately, I think Chelsea, one of my favorite soccer teams, they kind of helped secure the victory by beating uh, like Arsenal or Liverpool, somebody at the end of the season, to award um, them with enough points to win. So it can happen.
0: Nice, nice. We find... The coach is talking, Roy and Beard, once again, good to be back with them. <laughs> good to hear the F-bomb repeatedly. They're talking about Hoosiers. <laughs> I had the same question once Roy asked it. Why are they called Hoosiers? Which, Tom, if you'd like to take this moment to deep dive us on Hoosiers, which is a Gene Hackman <laughs> college basketball or high school basketball movie. I got to be honest, I've never seen it. But yeah, what's Hoosiers mean, Tom?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea either. I knew this was a, a sports movie, but I, I looked it up. I was curious. So it's apparently, it's a theory attributed to Governor Joseph Wright derived Hoosier from an Indian word for corn, Husa, and an Indiana flat boatman taking corn or maize to New Orleans came to be known as husa men, later known as Hoosiers. So there you go.
0: I feel like I'm farther away from it. If I'm being honest, I feel like...
1: <laughs> I guess the uh, guys that moved corn back in the day, they're, they're now known as Hoosiers. So everybody in Indiana is now a Hoosier.
0: Got it. All right. Well, good for them. <laughs> they're going to play the four-four-two, which I don't need you to explain it to me, Tom, because Ted understands it now and he can explain Crush. it. I did appreciate Roy's reasoning is like, listen, these guys have been playing that since they were kids. They're going to know where they mm-hmm. need to go. Without much coaching, and you kind of see this like Roy doesn't want to step outside the box. He's like, let's just do what's familiar because I guess he's feeling inadequate because Nate was the tactical genius. Did you feel like we saw like tactical genius out of Nate? There's a lot, I don't know, there's a lot of questions I have about Nate as a character, but one of them was this, and maybe it's just recency bias because I hadn't gone back and watched those other two but were there times where Nate was just like a genius in terms of tactical soccer stuff
1: he had a couple scenes like the when he got coined as the wonder kid or whatever it was because he decided to change it up and like add an extra guy in defense to then get like the counterattack and and I think he had that big scene too where he confronted everybody in the locker room and told them like what they were doing wrong and so he kind of knows, like, each of the individual players, like, what they can do to get the best from themselves. So we, we talked about, I think, in previous pods where, I mean, there's only so much a, a soccer manager can do for the team, like, especially when the game is going. Um,
0: yeah, they're like, kick the ball harder.
1: <laughs> yeah, just, just score already.
0: Or kick um, the ball softer.
1: <laughs> but a lot of it is just putting the right players together in the right scheme. So the idea that Roy's putting him in a four four two very common, like, used soccer kind of thing. Um, it it makes sense in this in this instance okay. but that's what but to your point, that's what the show wants us to believe. and I'm perfectly fine with that just saying like it may not be the greatest guy, but he is a steward of the game and understands you know strategy and concepts and is going to probably do so with West Ham.
0: Got it, got it. and West Ham is the Uber dog, not the <laughs> car that picks you up when you've been drinking. Uh, but this is the opposite of underdog, I don't know.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure this is all a rights thing about you know they got the rights to use West Ham, but I mean come on, I'm sorry, but in what world is West Ham the uber dog of the league? It's just it's just not a thing. They're a very <laughs> yeah. middle middle of the <laughs> table team. Oh, They're yeah. fine, but they are not top of the club. Yeah, They're middle. Of the table. Yeah,
0: you I've been you and I have been saying this for years. Middle of the pack, <laughs> middle of the field. I mean, what does West Hampshire have that other uh, <laughs> teams you know don't? So. I mean, they're they're Northern Britain. You know, no one from Northern Britain ever uh, is very good at soccer. Tom, I don't know who West Ham is. I just know they're a real team. So, and that they play in or around the United Kingdom. Is that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they are directly out of London. Their stadium is actually called London Stadium. Very uh, very unique.
0: Got it, got it. And London <laughs> is a city in the United Kingdom, so we were both on the same page there. Our, you and I's <laughs> knowledge of West Hamchester is the same, I would say. Right? You would agree with that statement?
1: Uh, sure. I, okay. I mean, my not to go too deep into this, but like my knowledge of West Ham came from a Elijah Wood movie called Green Street Hooligans, uh, which also has Charlie Hunnam in it. It's a fantastic movie kind of talking about like the firms or these kind of hooligan groups that follow these clubs and it feature, they follow West Ham. So if you're looking for a movie and you wanted a little bit more about West Ham, go check out that movie. It's great.
0: Right. Right. That's the one where he has to carry the ring all the way to the soccer (laughs) stadium. And then he destroys it. Anyways. Oh, we also did rings of power. If you want to watch Tom and I or listen to Tom and I absolutely lose our minds. Not in a good way. Anyways. (laughs) We see Nate for the first time. We're at West Ham Mm -hmm. Stadium. Nate drives the Mr. Bean car, but it's colored (laughs) green. We have this villain music that made me think of any time Groot shows up in one of the (laughs) Despicable Me (laughs) movies. Like... It was there. I was like, "Okay, got it. He's a villain. Uh, we've aged him thirty years, or we like he made a rule where he could no longer buy hair dye. I don't know what's going on here. Or maybe he did touch of gray, like, and he puts the gray in his hair. I don't know what touch of gray does. I don't know if it adds gray or takes away gray. The name is confusing. If I'm being honest, come at me, L'Oreal. Anyways." <laughs> He walks into the stadium, goes to a, doesn't say hi to anyone on the escalator, which is in juxtaposition of Ted, who's, like, opening doors for people, which was a great callback. I don't know if mm-hmm. you you noticed the moment where Ted holds the door open for the random dude walking in, but he immediately sits down and just starts reading his Twitter mentions, which is what Tom mm-hmm. and I do most days, but what's the deal? Why does he hate everyone? Like, oh, Are we going over the top with how much we're supposed to despise Nate?
1: Yeah, this is, I mean, it continues the storyline of the last season where he is just buried in social media, which I think is a fair enough storyline because there are a lot of people that get buried in social media. And and, and, not that I know, but I imagine like famous people, if you follow the rabbit holes of these comments and threads online about what people are saying about you, it's got to be incredibly toxic. And he is just succumb and can't focus on anything else outside of this but yeah i don't know like he's too much of a heel he's too mean from what we saw in the very beginning and i don't love it but uh, my assumption is what they're going to do with this season is give this arc and give him some redemption because there are moments where we get kind of like season one nate where he's a little bit kind of shy and standoffish when he's talking to rupert and he's got some funny lines and stuff but for the most part he is still a very difficult character to uh, try to like
0: Yeah. No, I hope the main part of his story is just the ills of social media. You can follow (laughs) Tom and I on Twitter at Team Binge. I don't know any of the other social media stuff, Tom, but the joke was, anyways, you'll get the joke if you listen to this. We meet Keely. Good to see Keely. She's looking great. She's looking very fit. Uh, Rebecca's <laughs> joined her for lunch. keely's talking about how cheap the office is, and Rebecca has a great line where she—well, it's kind of sad, but it's also a great line where she's like, "One man's grope is another woman's gain."
1: Uh, so <laughs> yeah. keely gets she's the, the cheapest yeah. <laughs> tinted windows, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> the tinted window
0: thing was great because <laughs> Rebecca uh, and Hannah Waddingham just does such a great job. So she's like, "Ooh, that's." but that is kind of great like just the way she <laughs> yeah. goes it's it was a wonderful moment it's good to see these two still hanging out
1: mm-hmm. And poor keely here too like she immediately starts crying and as she's crying she's like i have to schedule these cries because i'm too busy and it's it's heart wrenching whatever but knowing that rebecca's here i think keely makes a joke it's like and i double booked my crying session with you coming for lunch
0: <laughs> that's great tom what time of day do you typically schedule your crying session
1: um, occurring sessions are usually between 1 to one fifteen. 1 to one fifteen. Good 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's good. Right after lunch, I feel a little bit heavy. I can get it all out.
0: That's good. Uh, I schedule mine 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. I do it outside <laughs> of my children's room. Uh, they are in therapy because they're convinced the uh, house is haunted by an old elderly woman ghost and uh, <laughs> they uh, can't sleep. Between two and four, but that's, that's not my fair. fault. I feel great afterwards. I feel refreshed. And uh, I always put on my crying gown, which is an old 1800s white gown, and I just wander their hallway <laughs> crying. So now I can see why they're in therapy, but that's yeah, not fair. my fault. Worth we're, it. We're back at training. The team is talking about. Uh, all the negative reviews they've gotten. The funniest bit was the Paddington joke, where they're like, <laughs> "Paddington has us at zero marmalade sandwiches," which is that I don't know. Kudos to whoever wrote that joke; it tickled me.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a classic like British comedy, and if you have not seen Paddington or Paddington Two, like do yourself a favor and go watch those movies. They're fantastic.
0: I actually think I enjoyed it more than my children did, which, once again, they're too busy not sleeping so (laughs) that might well you're a big marmalade fan so oh i love marmalade five out of five marmalade sandwiches (laughs) roy listening to beard and lasso go back and forth and him just being like what are you on about is (laughs) yeah just great good to be back
1: yeah very season one stuff where like what beard eventually says like ooh, we want to have class outside, ooh, and they're, like, kind of, like, raising their voices, and their voice just got no idea what's going on.
0: Right. He's like, we are outside. What are you on about? Um, <laughs> they talk about Kenneth with the kit man, and I, was Kenneth in the last episode? I don't remember. He's like, oh, he wasn't a cult, and they, he's corrected by the kit man, but was, do we remember Kenneth? Was this someone that we should know?
1: i don't remember i mean we know they were bussed around to a handful of places but i don't know maybe we had like one quick shot of him kind of a deal but finding out that he is no he's not part of a cult he is a cult leader he's very much like creed right and they're making a creed bratton character. <laughs> sure, <yeah. laughs>
0: he's like you make more money as the leader of a cult but you have more fun as a member of a cult. Uh, i know that game we're back in keely's office they talk about the Uh, advantages of crying and this is a family podcast for children so we won't necessarily go into how she describes uh the greatness of crying unless you have a way go ahead no
1: it's it's like tying your shoes of the (laughs) soul pun intended
0: oh that's good i like it i like it i like it so much rebecca she like talks about she talks about rupert a little bit and Keely can kind of see her obsessing about it, and she's also, she talks about Ted, like, not caring enough, and mm-hmm. and Keely's advice is, like, don't you have to kind of let Ted be Ted, don't you have to let, you know, Rupert be Rupert, mm-hmm. um, but you can see that, like, even Keely kind of sees what's happening here in terms of the obsessive nature of Rebecca wanting to beat Rupert.
1: You mentioned the beginning, I think we're going to have like Nate and Ted going back and forth and Rupert and Rebecca going back and forth, like the coaches versus the owners bit. But Rebecca eventually says like, hey, listen, I'm not trying to destroy his life. So that's progress, right?
0: (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) I didn't understand this bit where the CFO comes in is like, hey, you're spending a lot on flowers. Like, are we supposed to? Because Keely's supposed to be really good at PR. She built this business. She got investors. She had banter or whatever it was called. Mm -hmm. Like, is this supposed to kind of paint a picture of maybe she's not great on the business side and this is going to go south? What were they trying to do here? Did you pick up on this at all?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you're right, I, and maybe that'll be a lane for her to kind of come back and still work for Rebecca in some form or fashion, because it, it was a little out of place. Like, she's got this awesome office with a staff, and everybody seems to love her, and she's doing great, but clearly is a little bit over her head when it comes to the business, not even knowing what a a CFO stands for, which is pretty funny.
0: Yeah, that one was tough, too. That one was tough to take. (laughs) Like, you probably know what a CFO is if you hired one. But I did appreciate, she's like, I just trust in the universe, which is a great line. But, Tom, uh, you are in line with the CFO. What are flowers for? Tell us, please.
1: They're for dead people and dead marriages.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was a great line. Uh we're back with Nate and we see Nate coaching his team. Here oh, I think we had issue with what they did with Nate in season 2. It carried into season 3. I love Nate in season well, did I love him in season 1? I don't you know. You liked Higgins in him. season
1: 1. I was a Nate guy, you were a Higgins guy. Oh, you psh, Tom, and Then I much, joined Team
0: Higgins. Much like West Ham, you don't have to remind me. I know exactly <laughs> what's going on here. But I like having been on a sports team when I was in second grade, and they made me play t-ball, uh, and I was the bat boy, there like a coach can't just be a jerk. Like I'm assuming all these professional football players are being paid tens of hundreds of dollars, so it's not like they can't tell this coach to I don't know sod off. I think that's a British insult, and. <laughs> Like, I I don't really understand. They're like, oh, we're going to make him be a jerk to his own team. Everyone <laughs> knows, like, jerk coaches, unless they have, like, a lot of other qualities, I don't think they last in professional sports because you can't treat professionals like that. He's like, oh, this is the dum-dum line. You be <laughs> on the dum-dum line. Hey, you replace <laughs> dum-dum. Like, I was like, I don't know. Wouldn't one of these players just punch Nate in the face?
1: You're right because... And this is, I think, what the show is trying to do is show the different and very, very ends of the spectrum like coaching methodologies where right. Ted is fun-loving and going to bring the players together by treating them like human beings, where Nate is going to belittle them and be terrible. And the only argument you could make is, okay, well, if he's winning tournament or, um, championships every year, then, yeah, maybe he can get away with being a jerk and the players will give him leeway because they know he's such a genius or whatever but he's not there and you get in the interview later you know he was scrubbing or washing shirts and jerseys two years ago and now he's leading a premier league team he shouldn't be as arrogant as much of a jerk as he is now well they haven't but played a game uh, right this is all off season. yeah it's all all preseason stuff right now yeah okay okay do you think maybe he's allowed to be a
0: jerk because he's balanced by his dashing assistant coach disco
1: man i we got maybe what five seconds of disco and i want so much more he's great disco man
0: just because my name is disco does not mean we get to party it was yeah i'm I'm gonna be interested to see the dynamic between those two like did Mm -hmm. nate bring this guy on was this nate typically a coach brings their staff with them right nate was like oh i'd like disco to join me i don't
1: i would assume he's assigned i I don't think he brought this guy on no okay
0: you think he's a rupert hire Probably, I don't know. In the notes, I'm reading it right now. I wrote, "What the heck is happening here?" Which I think we we talked about. Because then he's called he, Rupert's assistant, who I think she likes white roses. Is all I'm gonna say. Which I think stand for death. Um, he's invited to the Death Star office. Like, what what is happening here? I, the show was like, listen. I think the audience is gonna wonder if these people are evil. Let's really like decorate this. Uh, Does West Ham's offices look like this? Surely they don't,
1: right? No, this was so great. Like, we already know he is a villain in Rupert, so to see him sitting in that chair all in black in the background with his big circle window with little carve-outs, it is 100% like Emperor Palpatine stuff. Uh, Made me laugh out loud. And then it kind of recontextualized the assistant and almost made her seem like a a First Order general or something from Star Wars. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Right, It's so good. So good. I loved it. Uh,
0: They have a good laugh about the predictions, how Richmond is going to be 20th because there's no 21st. Uh, (laughs) Really, he had a group of comedy writers write him that joke, and he just (laughs) carried it around. This is a funny bit where they're towing Nate's car. And see, this is what I don't understand. Like, Nate with Rupert, he's like old Nate. He's like (laughs) unsure of himself and awkward. And then... I mean, they try to kind of show us it in the presser later on, which we'll talk about, but uh, I guess he's intimidated by Rupert because Rupert hired him and has the money, but uh, I don't know. This is this is a weird... Uh, they did this part for laughs, which I did laugh, but
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: they also have this other thing where they have Rupert being like, listen, I know you'll make me proud. I believe in you. Like, he's saying Ted stuff, but... Mm-hmm. You almost feel it differently. Like Rupert is the type where, as soon as they don't win or something goes bad, like he's gonna turn on Nate. Whereas Lasso, while he says these things, once again, winning isn't everything. So if it does go bad, he'll still, which he did. He did with Jamie. Like when Jamie did things that we all like hated him for, mm-hmm. Ted still stuck up for him. When Nate did things, even in this one, he, so. I don't know. I think it's interesting. this I find interesting from the show that they're showing, even though Rupert is maybe saying things that like Ted would say, you feel it differently. And I think that's very clever. I like what they did here,
1: yeah, I, I agree. like Nate is intimidated by him and he's kind of like muttering and stuttering around him. but they're I think what the show is trying to do is is show us that. It's kind of a battle for Nate's soul, if you will. So Rupert's trying to kind of take over, but you know, the second that he fails, Rupert's going to be all because Rupert doesn't care about any of this. Like maybe he wants to win, I don't know, but he's more vindictive and probably wants to just shove it in Rebecca's face more than anything else. We see it throughout where he constantly refers to Nate as the Wonder Kid, as opposed to like the Wunderkind or whatever that he was actually kind of named. And I think at one point. Uh, Nate even tries to like correct him with it, very kind of quietly. But don't so, they mean so the same thing. Care. Are these different things? Yeah, Wunderkind is like the idea of you being—I don't know. We we looked this up at one point. Like Wonderkid is is not like he was. People were joking around. Wonderkid Wonder is kid. lesser, lesser than Wunderkid. Uh, I think so. I don't know the details of it, All but right. clearly it's enough to annoy. Nate, Nate here. Those, mm-hmm. uh, those of us in our
0: German audience, you guys can get back with us and let us know uh, where we're wrong and where we're right on this. But <laughs> we cut back to Richmond. We meet Kenneth, the hippie bus driver. Um, this is as the team is climbing in a manhole down to the sewer. And <laughs> Kenneth is a unique individual. That's all we'll say. Uh, there's a couple of quick cuts here. We're then with uh, Rebecca's office. Uh Higgins brings the transfer list and we have Rebecca obsessing over the West Ham presser and her reasoning is like listen I need to be able to combat anything he says about us but really mm-hmm. it's just her like once again Rupert is living in her head rent free I believe yes. is what the kids say <laughs> sounds- um, So it's cut back and forth between the sewer and Rebecca we find out that the London sewer is like 1,200 miles of sewer. That's pretty incredible.
1: Would you go on a sewer tour, Tom? I feel like it would be kind of interesting. I think I've seen those before on some like, random Discovery Channel show where they do tours. And it's interesting enough. Like If I'm in one of these places, I'm probably doing something else. But if I lived there and maybe had more time to spend, I think it's kind of cool. There's a quick little bit here where like what the tour guy kind of like asked the question and Beard is right there to answer like the great stink of 1858, which is kind of funny too, because it was almost like he was giving like the answer to a Jeopardy question. And he was most recently uh, on Celebrity Jeopardy and absolutely crushed it. I think, I don't know if he made it to the finals, but he did a very good job. So yeah, Brendan Hunt, he's a very smart guy in real life.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. He played Jesus in community. So I knew he'd be (laughs) smart. (laughs) What are we doing here, Isaac? It's good to see <laughs> Isaac back. And Lass is like, listen, I'm glad your generation is direct. It's a good, uh, it's a good point. And uh, <laughs> Jamie, I think this will go down in history. Uh, and we're both going to take a couple attempts at this. But Jamie says uh, "poopy" for the first time, and I'm going to give it a shot. He's like, we're surrounded by poope. No, that was not good. Poop poope poop a i don't know give it a go tom can you get it
1: we're surrounded by poope yeah you yeah you yeah
0: good work all right tom gets the trophy tom gets the troop the the poop a trophy oh man it's that, should we just spend it the it next manchester... 20 minutes trying it
1: out <laughs> it's that manchester accent i guess but uh or liverpoolian i can't remember where they said he was from but yeah it's just great i, I love how they went even heavier on his accent here and to your point earlier, like he doesn't need to be the star of the show. He can give these little one-liners and I will love this character for the yeah. rest of the series.
0: He can have that bowl cut uh, parted down the middle and just say poopy <laughs> and we'll, we'll love him forever. Lasso's whole bit is, listen, this is an internal sewer system where uh, they use a bunch of uh, interconnecting tunnels and sewer to get rid of the waste. And he's like, listen, we need to be a team of sewer system where we help each other like funnel away uh the negative thoughts which mm-hmm. i don't know if you've ever heard of it but uh, there's like a I, don't, I can't remember where i read it and i think we've talked about it during a lasso but like when you tell other people good news it like multiplies the happiness and then when mm-hmm. you express and share like negative news and bad feeling it kind of dissipates and spreads it out a little bit so it's not so heavy for one person i feel like that's what lasso's getting at he's like we need to work together to like the negative stuff just encourage each other and push the poop away <laughs>
1: yeah they gotta keep the flow but i like the idea of them bringing them the sewers because you're like okay this is a moment for ted to do some sort of a symbolic gesture or um speech to bring it all together which was great
0: Yeah, did a little bit of team building in the sewer Mm -hmm. system of Lunden. We're at the West Ham presser. Rupert introduces this guy. I mean, I got to be honest. If Rupert was on Channel 21 asking for money so that he could heal (laughs) the sick, I'd probably (laughs) send him money. This guy's got, he's just so smooth uh he introduces coach nate shelley does nate inspire i don't know what's happening here is he inspiring a lot of confidence in the beginning of this press or no they then did a weird panic attack and i was like listen show let's not go to the panic attack well and then we went to the weird spitting well and uh, <laughs> i don't know this whole bit i was like i don't know i don't know how i felt about all this
1: We talked about it when he first did it against the mirror and I felt like it was gross and weird when he did it there. But at least there was like symbolism of him like spitting on himself or spitting on the mirror or something like, hey, don't be, uh, I don't know, like be more uh, confident in yourself or whatever with it. But the fact that he just like spits on the floor here and this gives him some sort of superpower, like eating spinach from Popeye, it's just goofy and weird and I don't like it.
0: I don't like it at all. He's not even spitting tobacco, you know. If he had a <laughs> if he had a lip full of the good stuff, you know, and he spit it out on the floor, uh, and he was like, "Where's my spittoon?" Um, that I would understand, but I, I don't know. I I was a little bit scared they were going to have him be like meek Nate during this, and I was like, "Well, no one's going to buy that he's the coach of a team." Mm-hmm. And then he, they're like, "Oh, we'll do the panic attack under the table." And then he spits on the floor, and all of a sudden, he's a jerk. <laughs> he, like, insults the press, and...
1: Like, I think it, the whole thing is just self-confidence. Like, when he does that, he becomes, as opposed to unsure and stuttering and kind of, like, hammering on his words, like, he becomes more confident. And to him, his confidence to show that is to be a jerk. So I think they kind of go hand in hand.
0: Do you feel like the actor, Nick Muhammad, like did that and they were like, oh, that is great. Like he improvised that and now they've just written it into the script. They're like, his thing is spitting and that's when he becomes, <laughs> I also didn't like, like he insults the press. What I would have appreciated here is like, let him talk ball, go like mm-hmm. in-depth soccer stuff and like show that he's the wunder kid rather than once again i, I don't know it it felt cheap i guess if, if i'm nitpicking like I, I want nate to be a little bit more complex than this i want to know that he's like as sly as rupert but as good as soccer as he possibly can be and so mm-hmm. rather than just be a jerk to the press that doesn't Like I wasn't like, oh, now Nate's all bad because he made fun of the guy Mm -hmm. that asked him the question about going from being a kit man to the coach or the manager. We've been saying coach a lot, Tom. Are we gonna get in trouble because it's supposed to be manager, right,
1: Mister Manager? We just we talked about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good one. We talked
1: about this last season, though, right? Like when he talked about all this every season, Tom. Well, but when he 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 turns full heel and starts yelling at Ted at the end because Ted didn't show him enough gratitude or didn't appreciate him, like, all of that was bollocks. Like, he had done that the whole time. You know, Nate here is just trying to justify his actions, which are, are silly. And I'm with you. You said it very well. I wish he was a little bit more complex and not just a heel for the sake of being a heel here.
0: Yeah. Obviously... During the press conference, something's got to come through on everyone's Twitter. And what it is is the picture of (laughs) of Richmond climbing into the sewer. We didn't touch on this, but the moment where the guys working on the street see (laughs) Richmond and they're like, is that Roy Kent? Yo, Roy, or hey, Roy. And he's like, (laughs) like, get (laughs) effed. They're like, yeah, that's Roy. And they start laughing. That whole back and forth was just wonderful. I, I don't know. I'm going to say the complexity of Roy it's not really the complexity just how Roy swears is absolutely hilarious to me. He's great. Um but Nate I mean man really crushes this presser where he's like oh I bet they train in the sewer because their coach is so poopy and he doesn't even say <laughs> poopy the right way. Uh We're in the locker room, the coaches are chatting. We're talking about the wonder kid burning Richmond. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the moment where the team is like now reading all the mentions and they start to go negative and lasso's like, I should say something to him and beard stops him. And I appreciate this about beard. He's like, you know, you gave him the speech earlier. Let's, let's see if it sticks. Like, let's Mm -hmm. see if the kids can govern themselves. And sure enough, Jamie bowl cut, Jamie looking like a Carter (laughs) member and that's of like the boy band Carters, maybe too soon. Sorry, R.I.P. Jamie's like, it's just poope. Let it flow. I can't do it, Tom. You do it. I can't do it.
1: It's just poope. Let it flow. <laughs> I like got a little, a little Scottish, Irish. What, you get little little Irish yeah. there. Uh, but to a- your point, I feel I feel like they are laying this groundwork with this scene right here of. Ted not being needed at the end of the season like it's it's going to run its course he's going to put all these people on the right track and this is the first inclination that we get that Ted is rubbed off from these people and there's to answer his question like why am I still here he won't have a reason to still be here at the end of the season
0: that's a good point that is very good Rebecca is upset I think this is where she's talking with Ted, and she's like, "Everyone mm-hmm. is at is laughing at us." And she brings up Rupert, and she's like, "Please fight back. I, I mm-hmm. need you to fight back." I do appreciate. It. She's like, "Are you, like? Did you see what Nate said about you? Are you going to address it?" And Ted's like, "Nope." And I did get the sense, with like the dishevelment of Ted in the beginning, and some of the stuff that he plays here, I was a little bit worried that they were going to have him fight and instead you know he does what he does here at the at the richmond presser which mm-hmm. uh, i really uh, i don't know i thought it was and this is one of the reasons why i love the show uh, from the start is just the positivity stuff that they take and the, the things that they do that is like, I think our normal human nature is when we're insulted to fight back and, like, to try mm-hmm. and hurt. And Ted takes, for lack of a better word, the high the high road here. And, and I really appreciated this. Because I, I got to be honest, I was scared that they were going to make him do an un-Ted-like thing. But he doesn't.
1: Yeah, and I like that, too, because Rebecca's, like, in the background and, and watching this. And you can tell she's kind of, like, grinding her teeth wanting Ted to step out and call out Nate or do whatever. But ultimately when Ted starts being Ted and then we get the little text from Keeley saying, yeah, like good job letting Ted be Ted. Like that is, that is great. And I'm glad they didn't like regress here and try to have another turn because we've already kind of been through, I think some of those, those storylines. And it's, it's cool to see like Rebecca have a little bit of a doubt, but then the second Ted starts being himself and joking around with the press, it's all understanding like, okay, this is, this is our Ted. This is what we need, not what, We're not going to play Nate's game.
0: Right, right. And this is the presser where he says nothing but nice things about Nate. You know, they Mm -hmm. give him the opportunity to insult him. He doesn't take the bait. He makes fun of himself. And I appreciated (laughs) the comedic beats of this because they made it awkward. Like, Mm -hmm. Ted had to kind of fight through. People were like, is he really doing this? Like, is he being this hokey? and he's Mm -hmm. like and he does the like i'm so dumb setup and it doesn't work initially the room is like what is this guy doing like really this is are, are we still doing this weird hokey kansas city thing but then he slowly wins the room and did you have a favorite part of his i'm so dumb or any of the jokes that he made during this
1: I don't, I don't think so. I feel like I liked the one uh, anchor or, or lead correspondent of The Independent, Marcus Adebayo. So Trent Krim is, is gone. I can't remember, like, because he quit, right? Like after he said doing he was done at The
0: Independent um, mm-hmm. at the end of season two, and that's when I think he locks his keys in his car, and he's like, <laughs> "That's right." Uh, but yeah, so we don't know. There was no Trent Krim. He's active yeah. on Twitter, but I don't know what he's doing in this world. I'm sure they'll bring him back.
1: But so, yeah, I'm excited to see what they ultimately end up doing with him. But there was that other reporter that's like kind of sitting in the front and he's like very unsure of himself and asking questions. Like he's the one that raises his hand and says, uh, yeah, why are you so dumb? Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like that guy, he was pretty good. Yeah. But I don't know, was, the, Ke- yeah. the Kevin Costner what was good. Which, what was What was that line?
0: He was like, oh, I'm more corny than Kevin Costner's outfield. And it's a field of dreams reference, but they don't play baseball out there, so no one gets it. Um, my wife left pretty hard at that one, but no i i I liked what they did there. instead of like having him fight, he went positive. and I don't know sometimes sometimes you have to be self deprecating when someone goes after you, and then the other times you have to take the high road. and so i mm-hmm. i I appreciated that they did that and also you see Nate watching like Nate is watching he went after Ted he has been a jerk to Ted and rather than I think if Ted fights back Nate feels justified you know like yes. Nate's like oh mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like I was justified in how I treated Ted cuz deep down he's not as good as as people think he is but yeah. when Ted does this you know I don't know that Nate knows what to do you know
1: mhm yeah. And I, I like where they cut to Nate and he like slams his laptop close, which I think is the same thing Rebecca does when uh, she watched their presser. So I think it's kind of funny to see them both react poorly to each right. other's pressers, which again, both Apple laptops that they slam. So I guess the Apple is allowing them to use the iPad, even though Nate is a bit evil, but we do get a quick <laughs> like text <laughs> to nate where his like mom texts him and says like hey your your dad was mad that you swore and i thought that was kind of interesting because it's bringing back a little bit more humanity with nate and like his parents because we saw that episode last season where he tried to get the table for him a a restaurant they used to go to a a bunch when he was younger so i'm interested to see how they bring that because i'm sure his family and his parents are going to come back in at some point to maybe ring him in a little bit
0: Right. We see the the dynamic is that his dad is not one to like show pride in all that mm-hmm. Nate has accomplished. And so I, I thought it was it was a nice reminder of that family dynamic. And you do kind of feel Nate uh, or feel bad for Nate because of that relationship. Yeah. But what you don't feel Nate or feel bad for Nate about is <laughs> Rupert giving him that sweet, I don't know, like bentley whatever it is and then they play once again the grew bad guy music (laughs) as nate drives off in his sweet car
1: that is a dope looking car though i want to say an aston martin it felt like he was like a bond villain it was great
0: oh that's fair yeah you're probably right you're probably right speaking of bond villains we catch up with phoebe the (laughs) (laughs) foul-mouthed grade schooler uh she's eating ice character. cream yeah she, it's good I to love see her, her so back. Much. <laughs> i do appreciate i think they used all the same kid actors from other seasons they've all grown up a bit like henry i feel like is the same and they all do a mm-hmm. great job this actress who plays phoebe is great she's eating ice cream which we know roy and her uh, don't do well with stomach wise um, <laughs> and this was alluded to earlier i don't know if you knew this is where this was headed but keely makes the comment about we need to roy and i need to have the talk with phoebe uh listen when
1: i heard that when keely said that i'm like are they gonna have like the sex talk with her i was so confused (laughs) i had no idea i forgot that they had this breakup storyline so when they eventually came in and did this oh yeah we're breaking up kind of thing i was definitely taken aback.
0: right right (laughs) i i kind of you know i think they telegraphed it well enough and i do think there's some hints at it at the end of season two with roy where he like oh yeah for sure watching keely and how he makes some comment about how good she looks without him or something like that but Mm -hmm. phoebe very perceptive as a child uh, a child of this age she's like why why and Keila's like because she says that she like misunderstands the question but he's like why are you she's like why are you breaking up and Mm -hmm. they're both too busy and she's like you were busy before uh what's changed?" and well acted by keely and roy in terms of you get the sense that they're just not on the same page in terms of what this is and why it's happening which if you've ever been married communication it's a big deal you should kind (laughs) of talk your thoughts out with the other person it helps a
1: lot yeah, this to me is why I think it felt a little more frustrating because clearly there's still like love there between the two. I think even Keeley like, tries to kind of console Roy when he talks about having to do more job, stuff with his job now that they only have three coaches. Like I, I, I still just don't understand, and I don't think we got a good reason last season as to why they're splitting up. But you know me, and you know my love of Sam and Diane relationships, so yep. you know, I guess I'm in.
0: Always, they're always breaking up. And breaking out of prison, just like the classic <laughs> Sam and Diane uh, from Prison Break, season one, <laughs> not two through seven. Yeah, I'm with you. This this feels like everyone wanted Keely and Roy to be together, and so the show is kind of like, well, let's pull them apart. That way people can root to get them back together. Uh, it does seem, I think you mentioned it earlier, a little bit forced, but... Mm -hmm. Um, I'm interested to see where it, uh, where it goes. I did appreciate Phoebe where she's like, you know, my parents got divorced when I was four. So one of my core beliefs is nothing lasts forever. (laughs) (laughs) So sad.
1: Such a great line.
0: (laughs) Oh man. And then she's like, can I swear? And Roy's like, sure. (laughs) I think you're being stupid, (laughs) which was awesome. Such a potty mouth. Yeah, it was a good time. We get our classic Beard and Lasso walk and talk as they're strolling uh, to their apartment, and Ted brings back the question from the beginning. Hey, why are we here? Beard's like, London or Earth? He's like, well, for the for this conversation, let's just say, why are we here in London? Um, which they don't address, but you do get that this is like ted realizing hey my son is growing up without me like what am i trying to accomplish here that i haven't already accomplished or what is the goal and so i did like this and we end with a call to henry uh with him bringing up the lego call back to the lego stadium about nate's figurine kind of being farther away Mm -hmm. um and he's like you know ted's like listen he's not on the team anymore and henry you know, being a child is like, well, you can still be friends, right? You're still friends, uh, and I thought that was uh, it was a sweet moment.
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah, and it kind of moves the Lego, puts it close with the other team. So again, I think it's it's foreshadowing that they're gonna, you know, at some point probably get back together. Who knows? I mean, again, maybe maybe the show does the curveball. Maybe they're almost foreshadowing it too heavily that they're gonna turn Nate. Maybe Nate stays heel. I don't I don't know, but that's certainly what they what they want us to think.
0: Right, I did think it was interesting that Ted asked Henry why he's still here. He's almost like asking his son to kind of give him a reason, mm-hmm. um, which Henry's very very encouraging, which is nice. Like I, I guess Henry accepts the sacrifice that his dad is making in order to uh, ensure the team wins. And then we see the. Were you surprised that half the population of the show didn't disappear when Henry bought the Infinity Gauntlet glove <laughs> and snapped it? Am I? Am I right? Is that how that works? Listen,
1: he did not buy it. Jake from State Farm bought it. <laughs> Jake so, from State Farm. yeah. My
0: only issue is Ted wasn't like, "What's Jake wearing?" And it's like khakis <laughs> and a red polo. <laughs> it's Jake, and he's hideous or whatever. That, those, yeah, anyways. Once again, these co- these commercials are all uh, timeless, so everyone will understand <laughs> what we're talking about.
1: But I feel like, yeah, they they get this bit, and it's just. Right when you think Ted has got his stuff all together and he's good to go and he's dealing with his panic attacks and everything, we get this little line. And I feel like what they're just doing here is just queuing up future panic attacks and and something more for, you know, our our hero to be struggling with.
0: Yeah, I'm on record. I don't like the panic attack well. I did... Mm -hmm. I was surprised they waited for this season to bring up Michelle finding someone else. I actually thought there were a couple of times last season where they'd bring it up. But uh, I, uh, you know, I don't feel like this is a surprise that they are going to bring in a love interest for Michelle in order for uh, Ted to be outside of his comfort zone. So I feel bad for Ted, but I did enjoy this episode. I'm glad it's back. I feel like the humor's there. It's you know it's relatively light in terms of um, there's no infected eating someone's <laughs> cousin and someone having to make a choice of who to execute. I don't know. It's just it's it was it was great to be back with the Lasso Clan. Everyone seems to be thriving. I'm a huge West Ham fan now. Um, <laughs> bought all the season tickets. I can't wait to go to a game. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see. Whether or not they can make this whole season enjoyable and like keep the spirit of Lasso and then end it on a note where it's satisfying, which I think every show struggles with. But these guys, since it was mapped out as three seasons, I hope they had an arc already in place that they can land this plane.
1: I think so. I think in general... Yeah, we talked about that from the very beginning, right? Bill Lawrence and Jason Sudeikis had this, and Brendan Hunt too had this idea of a three season arc. And whether they do more, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I want them to. Like, one of the things about like British television in general, there's a lot fewer seasons as opposed yeah. to the American shows that just milk the crap out of stuff. Sure, um, and we'll have like The Office went up for nine season, and they had celebrity cameo after celebrity cameo after you know Michael Scott left. Um, so I, I don't. I don't think they're going to do that. I kind of hope they've got a nice story to tell in three seasons and they just let it right off and then still do maybe Ted Lasso off stuff in the future, but, but we'll see. I mean, it's obviously a hugely successful and popular show and, you know, so far season three is starting off great, setting up a lot of interesting storylines and I'm excited to see what happens in the Premier League. And It's also fun to see a show that from season one to now has become so wildly popular you're getting a lot more, like, Premier League references. You're getting, you know, West Ham now as a major Premier League team being featured. I think even in the next episode, I think um, Richmond's first game is going to be against Chelsea. So we're actually going to see Chelsea on screen. And we'll likely get more, like, celebrity cameos with players and and managers. So it's fun to watch the show grow. I think you could even go on, like, Nike's website and buy, like, legit merchandised uh, uh, Richmond stuff and gear. So
0: very cool yeah i'm excited to watch this through with you tom hopefully we get into some real tactical discussions about the football (laughs) of it all so that you can wonder kid your expertise to everyone if you have issues with anything that we've done during this podcast i would encourage you to open up a word document write it in it save it to your computer If you've enjoyed your time or you have questions or comments, you can email us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. We also really appreciate those of you that have rated and reviewed us well on Apple Podcasts or subscribed through Spotify. Uh, That stuff is very cool and does help us out a bit. If you're interested in wearing a t-shirt that has our logo on it, you can find us on TeePublic. We have a team binge store. Uh, Tom and I do this just because we like talking to each other, <laughs> and there's <laughs> apparently other people in the world that like listening to us, which we it's not lost on us, and, and we do appreciate those of you that do, and we love hearing from the, the listeners, so you can reach out to us at any of those mediums. Did I miss anything, Tom?
1: Yeah, you can check us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, we try to be active on those. It's always fun to have the conversations and just kind of see the, the lasso audience grow. It's, it's super fun. So reach out to us and engage. Um, if you reach out to us via email or on social, we'll definitely reach back out to you. So let's have some fun, man. I'm excited for season three.
0: I am too. Uh, the, the one thing I will mention is this is an Apple show. And since you're watching it and you have Apple, I would also like to recommend uh, The Reluctant Traveler which is Eugene Levy of, I don't know, he's in a million different things. He's probably best known for American Pie. Uh, Or, yep, Poops Creek. (laughs) See, I don't know. Are we allowed to say the title since we're a podcast for children? I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, he does a travel show. He apparently doesn't like to travel, and so the premise of the show (laughs) is they send him places, and you can just see how uncomfortable he is and it's a lot of fun it's in line with like conan's travel show so Mm -hmm. uh if you if you have uh, it's something you could put on and it's pretty light and easy and you just enjoy watching him be uncomfortable but explore some pretty beautiful and unique places so um that's something we've tried recently and we enjoyed tom is there anything out there that you have been enjoying that you would like to recommend
1: um, I did recently watch uh, Into or Alice in Borderlands, which was a super weird Japanese show. It's kind of very much in the vein of um, I was gonna say it's kind of like Hunger Games meets Squid Games, where it's it's very brutal and dark, but it has some interesting storylines. And we finished the two season arc that they have for that, so it's it's an acquired taste. I'd recommend maybe trying out the first couple, see what you think, but. The two seasons that we watched were, were fun enough, and I would, I would recommend it.
0: Thank you to those of you that reach out to us and interact. We appreciate it. We will see you next week for Season 3, Episode 2 of Ted Lasso, which is called, Tom?
1: London Bridge is Burning Down.
0: Whew, sounds like a rough one. <laughs> I'm assuming Rob Lowe shows up as the fire chief captain. <laughs> <laughs> um, because he can't stop being the fire chief captain in shows. Uh, we love you, Robbie. Anyways, I have been
1: Julian, and I have been Coach Tom. We'll see you next week, everybody. <laughs>